this week on the Roommates Podcast. We simply value some of these celebrities or people as greater than ourselves. And that's not what I do. I always appreciate people. I appreciate LeBron James. I appreciate Beyonce. I appreciate, you know, Drake. I appreciate all these amazing people who are famous and are doing amazing things, but I don't see them as greater than myself. I don't see them as greater than you. You know, I think what they do is amazing. They have fans. They make a lot of money. But I don't view them as better or greater just because of what they do. Yo, what's good, America? It's your boy, Hafiz. And welcome to the Roommates Podcast, a late-night conversation taking you, the listeners behind the scenes of Becoming, featuring all the interesting people, perspective, and conversation you experience on the way. Also, known as the best hour of your week where you are entertained like a stand-up, educated like a TED Talk, and enlightened like a sermon. And remember, guys, the podcast is available on YouTube. Thank you for all the people. Thank you guys so much for checking us out on YouTube. It's been really exciting. The love, the messages, the comments you've been sharing with us has been just really powerful. And just thank you guys so much. So guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash roommates podcast. One more time, that's youtube.com slash roommates podcast. And hey, if you listen to it on YouTube and you're about to head to work, you're about to go clean up the house, you're about to go do something which you can't sit down and watch the podcast, you can actually stream the podcast via SoundCloud, via Apple Podcasts, whatever service you use to listen to podcasts, you can check it out. And what I want to say real quick, guys, before we jump into the show, I'm really excited about our newest roommate, and I'm I'm gonna turn on the AC. I, I was I was turning it off, <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, <laughs> it's getting kind of high." So I'm gonna turn on the AC. But guys, thank you so much for sending all these lovely, amazing messages, guys. Man, we appreciate every last one of you guys who sent us a message these past couple of weeks. There's so many people, and I don't want to miss out on any single person, so I don't want to miss out any of the shout-outs. But thank you guys so much. Thank Look, look, I'm looking at the camera. Thank you guys so much for all the messages you sent to us. It means the world. And I really, 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 to the 10th power, want to thank every last one of our fans, and I'm sorry, our roommates and the family for reaching out to our people who come on the show and messaging them and letting them know what about the podcast stood out to you. Thank you guys for reaching out to these people, man. I tell you guys all the time, the only thing we ask of you guys is to reach out to the people who come on the show and let them know how much the podcast means to you. And you guys did that. Thank you guys so much. It means the world to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. And we're going to continue to give you great content. And to ha. <laughs> and talking about bringing great content, I am really, really excited about bringing one of our old and faithful roommates, a very great and close friend of mine, my man, Jonathan Martin. Welcome back to the show, Jonathan. Man, I'm so glad to be here. I'm honored that you guys had me back. Hey, man. Hey, I'm going to turn on the AC real quick because I don't want you to sweat yeah, up your nice little, shirt. It's a little warm in here. <laughs> a little warm. Yeah, last episode, we turned we had the AC off. And we did it. And I was like, yeah. yo, how in the world did it hell? Like, yo, I was like, five, two minutes in, like, yo, there's no way in the but world. We in Houston, so we kind of <laughs> used to it, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jonathan, man, super, super excited about having you back on, man. You're just somebody who I, I really look up to, man. You have a great heart. You have a great passion for the community, a passion to give back, a passion of service, man. I 
our new fan. We kind of had a fan transfusion and got a lot of new fans. And mm -hmm. I wanted to introduce our fans to you because I know they're going to love you. I know they're going to be blessed by you. I know they're going to be really excited by you. So thank you so much, Man, It's an honor to be here. I, I really appreciate it. Like I said, any opportunity I get to come on with you guys. Uh, my second time back, had a good time the first time. Uh, so looking forward to having another good conversation. I love it. I love it, man. So what's been going on with your life? Nothing, man. Well, I say nothing. <laughs> man, you know, so I'm a uh, anchor, a news anchor here in Houston. So obviously there's been a lot of news going on the last few weeks, uh, yeah. national and local. So I've been doing that, traveling a little bit, um, working on some side projects with my family. But uh, other than that, you know, I've just been blessed and just been you know, I stay busy in the community a lot. I do a yeah. lot of events here in Houston. So uh, that's been a blessing. Man, how many frequent flyer miles do you have? Man? I be seeing you traveling. You know, man. <laughs> you be traveling everywhere, you man. You know, I, I have some points here and there. But, you know, if you get a flight around the right time and, you know, you can, you can you know, negotiate a little bit. Not negotiate, but you can get a flight on the low Yeah, if you get it at the right time. So so what's the best place you've been this year, man? You've been so many places. Man, this year, the best place. Uh, where have I been this year? I, I, I lose track sometimes. You know, a lot of times. <laughs> That's like, life. Yeah, Atlanta is home for me. And I know we both Shout you know, have ATL. roots in Atlanta. Yeah, so I go home a lot to Atlanta because I have some family business stuff back there. That's where all my family is. So I travel back there usually like once a month, see my folks, my parents. And uh, I also, um, but I've been a lot, of, a lot of different places. I've been to Mexico a few times. I got some friends over there. So I visit Mexico often, like uh, Monterrey, Mexico, and go to Mexico City and uh, Puerto Escondido, like different places. There's like some beautiful places that people don't know about. A lot of people don't. So, I, you know, I've been over there. Mm. Yeah, that's been good. Yeah, my my friend, shout out Zach Markham. He's he living in Mexico. He absolutely loves it. He said yeah. the mountains and the scenery just so beautiful and amazing. And yeah, and a lot a of people think Mexico. They just think of you know cartel, one, yeah, yeah, cartel. <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, be, people are always telling me be careful when you go over there. And yeah. I, you do have to be careful in certain places, but that's just like saying you're going to visit Chicago or New York or yeah. Atlanta. Like, yeah, you know certain places. And Mexico is go. a country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like they just they hear Mexico. They just think, man, you about yeah. to be, yeah. you ain't gonna make it back. <laughs> no, so. yeah. No, that's funny. That's funny, man. That's that's exciting, man. Just just your ability of traveling and just having a good time, man. What's uh what would you say is a place that you really want to go to next? Like, I want to make this place. You know, I've heard everybody talk about how great Barcelona is. People say, man, you gotta go to Barcelona. Um, people who travel, you know, to 20, 30 countries say that's their favorite place. And also I wanna um I think I wanna go back to Africa. I've been to mm. South Africa, you know, like, um, you know, Cape Town, but I really want to go, you know, to Nigeria. Shout out Nigeria, man. I, wanna, I mean, you know, because you... Watch you gotta, out for, yeah, watch out for the scammers, though. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's everywhere. But, you know, <laughs> you know but yeah. I, I want to I go back to Africa because I think, like, there's so many places, Kenya, Egypt, like, different places that, you know, they're just... I don't know. I want to soak up all of that. Yeah, so. yeah, Have you yeah. been? Have you been? Yeah, I've been. It was the worst experience of my life. When I went. <laughs> Man, why? <laughs> but I was 11. I was 11 years old. I got a couple of stories, but my dad would kill me if I told you. But okay. I'll never forget because the thing about Nigeria at that time, I'm not sure if it's still like that. I've heard stories, mm -hmm. but they have something called NEPA. And it stands for never expect power anytime. So at any time, the whole country has countrywide blackouts. Wow. So literally everybody loses their power. And you have like generators. So everybody busts out these terrible for the environment <laughs> poisonous generators out and that's what powers the whole country people just use wow. like use it and so you know being a spoiled american brat right. and then coming to 
I was like 11 at the time, 10 or 11, going to Nigeria and experiencing that. Yo, I hated yeah, so it. Your memories aren't the fondest. <laughs> it wasn't the fondest. I'm telling you, yo, I, I remember the first day I got there, I was so afraid because yeah. from my memory, the police, people talk about police brutality in America. And in those type of countries, it's just straight corruption. Yeah. It's not even a question. Like every five miles, and all the Nigerian listeners, if I'm, if I'm slandering you guys, Man, you know, you know, a lot I'm of just it. speaking. <laughs> yeah, I'm just speaking about what I remember. <laughs> I, like every five miles, the police mm-hmm. stop you, and and the way to get past the little police stops nine times out of ten is to give them a little bit of money. Yeah, and I'll never forget. And I'm my my dad's gonna get mad at me for telling this story. He told me I'm lying, but I'm telling you, I remember this. There was a police stop, and one of my uncles had drove through it. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. People people don't believe me, but I'll never forget it. But one of the cops had a bazooka. I'll tell you. Are you serious? I'll tell you. People don't believe me. He had a bazooka. <laughs> it sounds crazy telling it, but it's true. He had a bazooka, and he told, and so we got to the next stop, and the dude, like, flagged us down, and he stopped us, and he said, the guy behind me, the one with the bazooka, was going to blow up your car because you ran the stop. I, I'm telling you, I remember these stories. Let's hope, <laughs> let's hope that was just an isolated kind of thing. I mean, no, no, no. It was, I'm not ashamed of Nigeria, you right, know, right. like any, but having those experiences of seeing police officer with machine military grade weapons yeah. as a kid, it frightened me. So you're in no rush to rush to go back. No, nowadays I'm more smarter and I yeah. realized that I was just experiencing yeah. it as a kid. I just looked at right. it from a negative perspective. I, I really want to go back. But when I was younger, I did not want to go. Yeah. I never forget, I remember I was in bed crying, praying for President George Bush to come save me. <laughs> Cause I was so afraid. <laughs> All right, well maybe I'm gonna postpone my trip. No, a no, no, bit. no. And I don't and like I said, that was my experience right. as I a it. as a yeah. child. It's a beautiful place. Like some parts like Nigeria is just like any Anything else? They show you the, the the starving kids with the bugs with the in their eyes and the mm-hmm. big bellies with no food. But that's not Nigeria. Right. Nigeria is a beautiful place. Cities as beautiful as Miami and New York City and stuff like that. It's yeah, a there's a lot place. of Nigerians here in Houston that I've met, and that's one of the reasons I want to go. Yeah. Um, met some amazing Nigerian people who've sort of shown me a different side and yeah. talked about their family and their roots. And so uh, that's definitely on my list. Yeah, all the like majority of the riches. Black people in the world are in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Nigeria is extremely like there's a m- multiple billionaires in Nigeria. Nigeria is an extremely wealthy country. Just a lot of corruption, success, a lot of know, success, a yeah. lot of success. And what's really fascinating about the country of Nigeria is that, like I said, a lot of people just don't understand how developed it is. If you go to these big cities like Abuja and Ibadan, like it's just super developed. But you just see what the media portrays mm-hmm. as like just abstract poverty, which right. is the case for all. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but don't, don't let it deter you. We kind of did a whole segment on Nigeria, but it's Don't let it deter you. And anybody who wants to go to Nigeria, please. Do you know majority of black Americans are Nigerians? In some form, like yeah, they have some. Like that's like like majority of like, D, like you look at your D, like their DNA as yeah. a whole, majority of black Americans are Nigerians. Yep, I believe yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's where all of our athleticism comes from. <laughs> hey, you guys got a lot. <laughs> I mean, seriously, every Nigerian person I know personally is doing something amazing yeah like doing well you know very smart very uh athletic i mean doing amazing things thank you so, <laughs> yeah. yeah but um so i want to bring you on the show this week because 
me, you and I, we were hanging out at Chick-fil-A a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We had a great conversation. I said, man, I feel like the listeners will actually really love this conversation. And it was about celebrity culture. And real quick, I want to give people an understanding of, of, of who you are and what you, what you mean to me. Listeners, Jonathan is a person who, amidst of all the success he's gained in life, he is one of the most genuine, caring, kind people I've ever met. Man, and I don't say, and I don't say that lightly. I, I honestly I mean that. that. Yeah. I honestly mean that. And a lot of people who come on the show, they're not that way. And you're one of the people who I could just see, even from the first time I reached out to you last year, you had a genuine heart to give and serve. And it's crazy because if people know your resume, if people know, you know, talking to James Brown, talking to um, Taylor Swift, talking to all these A-list celebrities, so to speak, most people who would meet you would never know these things because they would assume, oh, if somebody talked to people of that stature, they would look at everyday people as lesser than, as not worth their time. And I never for a second got that from you. And I really, really admired that. And I was curious to how so many people who are in the industries you and I are in, and the more they gain success, it seems like the worse they treat other people because they start viewing themselves as celebrities, other people as celebrities who are worth their time and worth their conversation, but everybody else, they don't value and respect. What grounded you, man? Like, what what gave you that heart? Well, I think, first of all, um, I, first off, thank you so much for saying and that. I mean I, that. I appreciate that. I never take any, any kind of praise or compliment for granted. Um, but I think family, man, I think that's the thing. When you have people around you, whether it's family, whether it's genuine, legit people keeping you grounded, like, for me, yes, I'm a news anchor here. You know, I, I'm the lead news anchor on a local station here in Houston. I've interviewed a lot of celebrities, but that's just a part of me. My job and what I do and who I know doesn't make me. And I think having family who keeps you grounded, those are the people who matter to me. Like, I could care less about the opinion of one celebrity that I interview. Yeah, I'll post it on social media. It's cool to get people to say, oh, man, you interviewed George Foreman, Simone Biles. But at the end of the day, I go back to my home. They're going back to their home. And they're not my real friends. And so I think, number one, you know, having people in your circle who will keep you grounded if you ever do get out of line, if you do start ever smelling and feeling yourself to say, Jonathan, come on, like, for real, like, I know you. And I think that's the thing. A lot of people don't have those people to kind of jerk them back in. And now also celebrity is so attainable that people feel like, okay, I post something. I got, you know, 3000 likes on it. Now I'm somebody and they crave the attention and they kind of feel like they have to start changing who they are to keep that going, mm. to keep that, you know, sort of um, energy of being somebody going. Mm. So, man, that, that's a good point. And I love how you how you separated your position from your person. Right. It's like there's Jonathan Martin, the, the, the human being. And there's Jonathan Martin, the reporter. Yeah, because I think it's so funny how so many people, when you meet them, the first sentence out of their mouth is what they do mm. and who they know or you know who they're connected to. And for me, when I introduce myself to people who don't know me or if I'm at an event, hey, I'm Jonathan Martin. I don't say, hey, I'm an award-winning news anchor or I'm the lead news anchor or I've interviewed these people because at the end of the day, like I said, that is my job, that is my profession. But like, there's so many other interesting things that I do and that I like to do. And people, you know, like I have cool friends that no one would know they're not famous but at the end of the day they're good people and i would brag on them just as much as i would brag on some celebrity that happened to retweet something that i put out there um so for me i do think that's one of the big issues is some people don't know how to separate 
what they do versus who they are really at the end of the day. Yeah. And man, that, that was a, that was a really good point. And I want to touch on that, but there's something that you said, I really want to jump on. And the point that you brought up is that, that you have friends who you love and who care about you and you care about them and you value them more because of who they are to you right. than some celebrity who you may not know, who for a second may, you know, be kind to you, whether it's because he's there on your show or whether because they need something from you, but you value the people in your life over the celebrity praises that you can get in your career, your position. Yeah. And what I found is that so many people, they don't do that. You know, the moment they see somebody who is successful, they begin to elevate that person and to treat them better. Though that person didn't help them, though that person wasn't kind to them, though that person probably will never talk to them again, they treat them and put them on a pedestal. And then the people who are loving them, who are caring for them, who are their great friends, who've been there their whole entire lives, they diminish these individuals. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that that's, that's sad. Yeah. And that's unfortunate that we live in a society where we're simply valuing some people who don't care about us and disvaluing or devaluing the people who do. And because we simply value some of these celebrities or people as greater than ourselves. And that's not what I do. I always appreciate people. I appreciate LeBron James. I appreciate Beyonce. I appreciate, you know, Drake. I appreciate all these amazing people who are famous and are doing amazing things, but I don't see them as greater than myself. I don't see them as greater than you. You know, I think what they do is amazing. They have fans. They make a lot of money. But I don't view them as better or greater just because of what they do. And I think most people do. A lot of people do, so they treat them differently. And that's, I think, the difference. When, when you And, and it's funny because sometimes on social media, you'll see people say, you know, happy birthday to so-and-so, happy birthday to Drake, happy birthday to Beyonce. And, and they're posting all this stuff. I'm like, but you haven't even called your family member you know, your aunt, mm, it's her birthday. Mm, you you mm, missed her birthday. Boy, you or, you, or you missed so-and-so's, you know, graduation, but you're so focused on some celebrity who doesn't know you, mm. who's not going to respond to you, and you probably will never meet. Mm. But you're so focused valuing them and remembering their birthday and their event, but you won't even do that to the people who actually support you and care about you. And I think that's where, it's, that's where the difference is for a lot of people. The value. Man, I love that point about value, man. You really hit the nail on the head. And that you said you people don't value themselves. It's because it, it starts with if I don't think I'm worth it, then who who is everybody else to be worth it, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't view yourself as having dignity, worth, and just as much respect and value as any as a Beyonce, as a Drake, as anybody then you begin to look at people who you view as similar to you, right? As, oh, you're, you're just lowly as I am. But what you're saying is that you, you started off with that self-worth. You started off with that self-value. And because you, you know you're valuable as a person, you give that value to everybody else. Right. That's a great point. It's, it's, the, it's, the, fact, it's the fact, man. I appreciate that. But that's what it boils down to. Like, and a lot of that is instilled you know, from a young age, like your parents or whoever's in your circle um, showing you that, that you have value, you have worth, you have meaning. And, and my parents always taught me that, that you're no better than anybody else, but these people aren't necessarily better than you either. Just because they have more money, just because they may look better, just because they may have more followers on Instagram, they're no better than you, but you're no better than them. And I think that if people kind of operated in that space, we wouldn't see as much as what we're talking about. Man, and it, I always go back to 
One of my favorite jobs was working at McDonald's. Oh, <laughs> my, my second favorite job was being a preschool teacher. And my mm-hmm. favorite part about a, being a preschool teacher was that at that age, it was the relationships are so pure. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's really, there's no cool kids. There may be a kid who's, who's kind of cool and the right. kids like, you know, it's always favoritism, but everybody plays tag. Everybody's doing fun and enjoying their lives and doing what they need right, to do. Right, everybody's right. living life and there's no hierarchy. And it's so beauty, beautiful. But what ends up happening is as we get older, then we start establishing these social hierarchies. Then there's the A-listers and the B-listers and the C-listers and the F-listers and then the nobody, you know? And then we begin to then put ourselves in these categories. And the beauty that you're describing is that we're all in the category of being a human being. Mm-hmm. Every last one of us, you know, no matter how much money we have. And the beauty of life is that when you have that perspective, then you can care about people you know mm-hmm. then you can value yourself yeah and we all we all want to be in some form or fashion value we all we all want people to look at us and say oh man you, you're cool Hafiz you know you're or this is great what you're doing like we all want to be praised I mean who doesn't want that but at the end of the day it's like what are we willing to do to to get that um and I think that's kind of the other side of it is that a lot of people you know for example even with social media you know you see people go out and buy a bunch of followers because they want to be viewed as being bigger or they want to be viewed as being more popular or more uh, valuable than someone else. And so you do things, you, you or you start creating stuff to get attention. And so I, I think there's another side of it, too, is that we value people, but then we also create ways to sort of be viewed as more valuable ourselves. Mm. So, man, and and I and listeners, if, if you're. Listening to this message, I think what what Jonathan is saying is just so powerful, man. We all have to start with valuing and respecting ourselves. If you cannot, and like I said, you can you can respect somebody's craft, yeah. you can respect somebody's worldly success or their positioning, but you cannot put somebody as better than you because it's kind of interesting. Like, so for example, a lot of kids right now look up to a person like Odell Beckham. And I love Odell personally. Mm-hmm. I look forward to having him on the show. I think he's a great person. Yeah, he's great. But the thing about Odell is only thing Odell can the reason why Odell is quote unquote famous is because he can run fast and catch a football. And how does that relate to you as a human being? Right? Mm-hmm. So like what can him running fast do for your life? Yeah. What can him catching with one hand do for your life? In reality, he can't do anything. And like I said, mm-hmm. I love Odell. I'm not shaming Odell. I love this guy. I really love him a lot. But it's fascinating because then there's a person right beside you who is a really kind person and that can help your life or they or have a great serving heart and that can help your life. And they're right beside you and mm-hmm. you look over this person and you worship the guy who can catch a football. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the people who can best serve us in life are the ones we devalue. Well, because we value the and that's a great point. But I think we also we value the fame. We value the notoriety that Odell has, because mm. even though this other person next to him might be a famous agent, this person might be a lawyer, but we value the fact that Odell is known and mm. he has not just that he has money, but that people know who he is. And one of the things I found is that when people meet me sometimes um, in Houston, you know, I'm no big celebrity, but I guess you could say I'm a local semi-celebrity. I'm on the news every night, yeah. uh, you know, on a, a station here. And and a group of kids, I don't say kids, but a group of teenagers I was talking to at an event last weekend, and they said, man, they're like, you know, you're a news anchor. I bet the best part is that people recognize you. Like, you know, how does that feel? People recognize you. That's like the best part of your job, right? 
And I said, no, it's not. I said, the best part of my job is getting to go and like, you know, do these amazing stories, talk to different people, travel and like just do what I wanted to do since I was a little boy, like do journalism and, and, you know, and anchor the news. But for some people, the way they viewed my job was that you get to be seen. Mm. People get to know you. You get to be recognized. And that's got to be the coolest part. And so that in that instance showed me that for some people, it's not about, you know, the job or it's about, you know, what you do or it was more so about being known, being recognized and having people look at me and recognize me. That was more valuable than actually the career itself that I have. And I think there are people that get caught up in that. And if you get caught up in your own hype, eventually it'll go away. Think about how many people we know that were huge in the 90s or huge in the early 2000s. And they couldn't walk anywhere without security. And now nobody's checking for them for real. You know, mm. for real, sorry. So I think, again, you can't get caught up in being known and being recognized because eventually it will fade away and people will move on to the next. Or hell, I've seen people lose their jobs. Mm. People in my industry who thought they were the end-all, be-all. Okay, your contract's not being renewed. Okay, we're replacing you with this person. And they had to sort of figure out who am I now? Because I based all of myself on what I did and who knew me and and how well known I was. Man. So gosh, I love that point about recognition because especially in today's world, like most people are obsessed with being social media famous than they are actually having financial stability. Right. You know what I mean? Like I remember there was this rapper who came on the Breakfast Club, his name is Russ, and Russ was talking about he said you're love your favorite rappers who have millions of followers on Instagram can't even sell 10,000 albums, you know? But like I said, everybody's obsessed with that recognition. Everybody's obsessed with somebody knowing them and like, mm -hmm. oh, because people know you, now I'm valuable. Why do you think people are so obsessed with that recognition? I don't know. I think, you know, I, I don't know if that's, uh, I, I, in some ways I say because it's so hard to attain. So when, when people get it, they are like excited about like, you know, or, but because I you know, nowadays people can post something on Instagram, um, they can post a funny video, they can take a picture with a celebrity, and it can go viral, and suddenly everybody's following them. So I think in some ways it's attainable more so than it used to be, the fame or the notoriety. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer uh, for why people are like that. But yeah. I think it goes back to the value and people wanting to be seen as something greater than maybe what they feel they truly are. Mm, so you think embedded in the obsession with notoriety and recognition is the insecurity in which people are equating that I'm not worth it. And But if everybody knows me, then maybe mm -hmm. I'm worth it. Now I'm valuable. Right. So you're so you're basing your value not on the intrinsic value that God has given you as a human being, but what everybody else thinks of you, right. and that's poisonous. Right. Because what ends up happening is when people think you, that you're great, then you're great, you know. But then when people think that you're terrible, then you're terrible, yeah. and you live and die by the criticisms and right. praises of man. Right. That's how it is, and so many people do that, and that's why so many you know celebrities you know do this whole clapback. You know, we're in that clapback culture is that people still care so much about what people think. Like you want people to praise you, but then when the criticism comes, you respond to that one person and forget that those other 800 people are singing your praises because we're so, you know, like you said, we live and die by what people think of us. And we all are probably guilty of that. Yeah, we're all and guilty some, of it. And we're I've sometimes gotten an email from somebody saying, I didn't like what you had on, or I didn't like the way you said this, or you mispronounced this person's name tonight. And suddenly I want to get defensive and I'm like, nah, like this person has an opinion mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah, man. Now, that's, that's true. I think, first and foremost, all the 
conversations we have on the show is we're just not just pointing a finger at society. The first yeah. person we point the finger at is ourselves. Yeah, we are because we're, we're guilty of, mm-hmm. and that's something that when I was younger, I a lot of my hunger was about that. Like I, I knew I was valuable, but mm-hmm. it was like somewhere inside my value, it it was tied to what other people thought. You know, and I just thought that if everybody else perceives me as valuable, then therefore maybe I might be valuable. And and what I'm going to continuously hammer to listeners that you got to discover your intrinsic value in yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to see that yo yo God made you, gave you this life, and you have the value. You don't have to go anywhere for it. No matter if you have a hundred followers, whether you have a hundred thousand followers, no matter what happens, you are valuable. You are appreciated. You are a human being. You are loved. You know, you are worth it. And but so many people will uh, will attach the worldly status to their personal worth. And I just I think we have to kill because that. Because I think part that's a great point, but I think part of it is is that sometimes we don't feel that we are successful. Or valuable unless people know about it. Sometimes we feel like, okay, yeah, I just did this great thing and I just got this great job, but I'm not successful unless everybody knows that I'm successful. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, you know, I see people sometimes go to these great events or travel certain places, and there's times I travel and I never post about it. There's times I've interviewed celebrities that I've never posted about it because sometimes it's like. Just do the job, do what you do, and you don't have to let people know. And people, and it's funny because sometimes people have come to me and said, Jonathan, I've been watching you. I saw you did this, 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 and this. And I'm like, I didn't post about it or I didn't tell anybody, but people, people keep up with you. And the people who need to know, you know, they're watching you and you'll get that praise if you just sometimes, as they say, do, do the work and do Mm -hmm. the, you know, do the work, do the hours, put in the hours. And, but I think we're so quick to sometimes want to just let people know, hey, I'm good. I'm famous. I'm. I, I did this. I know this person. I mean, and I know people who, like, there's a couple people I'm thinking of that I see on social media. Everything they post is like with this celebrity or connected to this person. I'm like, but what about you? Mm. What about make? What about you? Makes you great. Not like the fact that you are a stylist for this celebrity or you know you are a cousin, a distant cousin of this celebrity. But like, what about you? Is great. Like, I, I follow you for you, not because I want to see you in a club and sneaking a pic with a celebrity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's funny. And that's, and that's a really good point. I think it's something that too many people have not found their personal identity. Right. And then they use the success or status of other people to find the identity. But to that point about success, let me tell you something my dad told me. It was the most encouraging thing I've ever thought about. I want to share it to the listener before. Um, something else I, I did popped up in my brain. My dad, one time, he, he told me, he said, if somebody was to ask me today if you could trade lives with, I think he said LeBron James or some other multi-billionaire he named, he said, I would never do that. And he said, because right now in my life, I am happy and I view myself as more successful than all of these other men. And nobody knows my dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like My dad likes it that way. But like, People will be like, who are you? You're not more successful than LeBron James, but because my dad has his own personal definition of success. Mm-hmm. His definition of success is that he came to America. He was able to get a, create a career. He came to America. He was able to start a family. He was able to see all his kids graduate from college. He's able to have his own nice home. He's able to have his peace, his relationship with God, relationship with his community. He found his that success. That is his success. And that's his yeah. success. And the beauty of life is my dad, he really believes that and I think when 
And I hate using the word success at times because I feel like people don't know what that word means. That word is personal. That mm-hmm. word is subjective. It is not an objective reality. It is what you make it to be. And I just want our listeners and what I've been fighting for myself is I even because you and I both know it like we're in this business where in order to get the recognition and the recognition can either be from your peers or recognition in regards to pay raises. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have monetary results. You have yeah. to, you have to show stuff. So a lot of times your success, maybe as anchor or my success as having a show is tied by how many listens I get, who's following us, who's resharing our stuff, you know, like, and it's so easy to tie my emotions and my well being into what other people are saying. But I've recently had to fight and I've recently had to decide that, no, my value comes from the, from God and success is my own. Mm-hmm. It's my own. It's not Charlemagne. It's not uh, Ben Shapiro. It's not. It's none of these people like, no, success is my own. Mm-hmm. It's not Joe that's Rogan. A, that's a great point. And, and I think yeah. having your having your dad as a, a foundation to show you that and, and someone who believes that, I think that's why you are able to operate in that space as well. But a lot of people don't know that. A lot mm. of people don't know. A lot of people are taught that success is how many degrees that you have, yeah. uh, how many degrees you have, or, or success is where you went to school. Success is, um, you know, who you know. And if you don't know certain people or, or how much you make, a lot of people consider that to be success. And in some ways it can be a part of success, mm-hmm. but that's not, that's not true success for everyone and everybody's not going to make six figures everybody's not going to you know be able to travel the world everybody's not going to have a you know beautiful home with three kids and a spouse everyone that's not but that's not everyone's success Mm. and but we sometimes put that on a lot of people um and we feel that we we all feel sometimes we got to live up to this like if i don't do this because yeah but but i think that's a great point we've got to view success differently and that i think changes how we move yeah and so another another thing i was thinking about is that for a lot of people in the industry that we're in they find the challenges because it's all about networking right mm-hmm. it's all about networking making the connection building with the right people and i've even found myself kind of guilty of it and sometimes at times you're forced to then have to connect with people who are successful you're you're forced to having to overlook other people because you may need to meet with this producer or meet with this owner of this network you have to meet with these individuals so it kind of creates this culture of you then force yourself to want to connect and only meet with big time people right Mm -hmm. and so how does somebody who's in these fields how does they how do they advance in their careers but then at the same time fight against valuing successful people yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think you just, number one, have to be authentic and organic. And I think that if you're somebody who's trying to fast track your way to success, it's never going to work um, in terms of what we do. I think building relationships is most importantly, yeah. you know, most important. Uh, sometimes people have asked me, how did you land an interview with George Foreman and Simone Biles and and Matthew Knowles and, and you know, this person, and that politician? And I said, it's about developing relationships and just being authentic, you know, and, you know, getting to know people and them trusting you and, you know, getting people to feel um, that you're just a good guy, like a good person. And I think that at the end of the day, 
when it comes to what I do, I realize that yes, those interviews are important. People want to, you know, see interviews with famous people. Do you do you want to see me interview somebody who nobody knows? Probably not. You prefer me to interview someone who is known or who has a voice that you want to hear, whether it's a local celebrity or a, a you know international celebrity. But at the same time, I am able to separate who I interview and the fame and and the people that I may talk to from my real life. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, my friends, most of my friends are regular people. Like they're regular people. They got regular jobs. um, They make regular money and they're not famous, but they're good people. And I separate that when I get off TV is like, okay, Jonathan, you may be interviewing Ted Cruz today. You may be interviewing, you know, this person tomorrow. But at the end of the day, these people are a part of your job and your real life is here. And so I think as long as you're able to keep that separation, you realize, yeah, you got a network to get to land the interviews and to get to know the people, but don't get caught up in, in thinking that that is, that is your life. I mean, I don't know if you know um, Terrence J, who is, um, started on BET, went to North Carolina A&T. Now he's on, you know, he did E and he's done a lot of other things. He talked about that when he was on uh, 106 in Park, how he got caught up in trying to live like the people that he was interviewing and trying to be famous. And he was like, he almost went broke and had a nervous wreck trying oh, wow. to trying to be that guy and had to realize, okay, you know, you're not this person. You're not, you know, a millionaire. And at that point, he wasn't, I don't think. And so he's basically saying, like, I had to reflect and realize, like, network, build your career, but be who you are, really. Yeah, I love it. You got you to gotta separate those two. Like you said, we got to separate the personal and the professional and going back to that point about having to network professionally, what we what people don't also realize is that the small people that we personally view are small are people that are gonna one day be big or mm-hmm. are connected to the people that we may need. Right. Right? Like that that person you may overlook in that meeting may be the assistant to this studio head and she's the one who actually connects that's, everybody. And that's the person, yeah, the, the person who can get you in the door. Yeah. Like and and that and the thing about it is, is that most of the connections that I've made uh, being in Houston or when I was in, you know, living in Atlanta is through someone who knew the person, you know, it's not now, it's not always through the actual celebrity themselves. It's like someone, you know, whether it may be the person's uh, like barber, um, it may be the person's stylist, it may be the person's attorney. Like I know a guy who's, you know, an attorney for Serena Williams. And, you know, he is a kind of when people want to get to her, he's a person that has the, you know, Mm-hmm. Like my brother is friends with, you know, the guys from Outcast, you know, family, friends. And and so, you know, he he's a person like so when I when Big Boy was in town for Super Bowl, like I hit up my brother. I was like, hey, Big's in town. You know, he called him that. Con- I would have never been able to just make that connection on my own. But you use the people and you develop relationships with people to develop that trust. And then you can get those opportunities like George Foreman, his daughter and I, we, we were at an event one day. We exchanged numbers like, you know, we kind of. In, you know, did some uh, conversations on Twitter. An event came around. And I said, like, hey, you mind if I talk to your dad? She was like, yeah, he'd love to talk to you. Come to our house. I was oh, like, wow. what, you mean come to his house? And <laughs> she was like, yeah. Worked out with George Foreman. Matthew Knowles, same way. I got to know a contact of his, um, someone he had talked to and really liked. She said, Matthew's going to invite him. You know, he's never done this before, but come to his house and do the interview. Oh, wow. And it was like, what well, I guess your point, going back to that, and I'm not making this about me, me, me. I'm just no, basically saying that stuff. sometimes when people trust you and you have that middle person like you said to get you in the door yeah people will let their guard down because they trust you and but that's that's building those relationships with those people who 
aren't the famous people sometimes, but can get you the opportunity. Man, that's so important. You got to value every single last person. That's something that mm-hmm. I hope people are getting from this episode. Every single last person, you got to value yeah. them. And it's not even value them because you never know what they can give you. No, that's, yeah. not, that's the wrong mindset. The key importance is to value them because every single person on this earth, no matter how big, no matter how small they are, they have something to add to yeah. your life. And they have something they can give to you. And even sometimes God has placed you in their lives for you to give and to serve to them. Mm-hmm. And you never know where those doors can take you if you go and walk in them. Mm-hmm. And a key way to be able to experience what you want and to get what you want is by treating all people with dignity, value, and respect. All people. Mm-hmm. Because Drake is in the room. Don't just be kind to Drake and be rude to everybody else. You know, right. Don't just overlook certain people because you view them as lesser. Give every single human being equal dignity, value, and worth. Right. And I'm telling you, your life is going to receive a lot of abundant blessings. Yeah, man. That's, that's the key. You know, being true to yourself valuing yourself um and that's that's a journey for all of us valuing ourselves because it, it'll be easy for you and i to say we've mastered it we got it all down there's times that i still feel like man like I, like I like you know okay jonathan you know remember who you are mm-hmm. and like or when we when i find myself acting out a little bit like nah that's not you don't do that or you know because we all kind of can get caught up in a moment yeah and feel like we're you know valuing or devaluing someone and i have to check myself on that a lot sometimes like nope don't you do that mm. don't you feel that way don't you act that way like, you know better. And I think when you know better, you can obviously operate differently. I love it. I love it. So in closing, let's say there's a young woman out there, young men out there who doesn't value themselves. They view themselves as lesser. They view other people as more important. They view celebrities as superheroes and them as super zeros. Like, what is a, a message, a word of advice, something that you can say to uplift people who don't have personal self-value? I'd say, first of all, invest in authentic relationships with people. That's the biggest thing. I mean, you can you can get on the gram, you can get on Twitter, you can you can invest in, you know, social media relationships and that's fine and have a bunch of followers. But I think when you have those real people in your life, whether it be a family member, uh, a friend, somebody that just really, truly is going to be authentic and real with you and value you, um, then I think you can start realizing more so who you are. And I think my life changed more so when I got people in my corner in my life that really were true friends um, who know me and I know them. And I was able to be content and happy regardless of what else was going on. So whether I you know, was getting a lot of attention for something I did at work or whether I had a, a bad day at work or whether an Instagram post did well or didn't do well, I knew I had real people in my life that kept me happy and grounded. And for me, I think that's the first thing that people have to do is just get those real people. I mean, I, I love it. I love it. Nah, man, you couldn't have said it any better. Guys, man, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on, man. Like I said, I know I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got to go to the station, do the evening news. But guys, please, please, please reach out to Jonathan this week, man. The, man, the things that you said has really even encouraged and uplifted me and challenged me to continue to get better, continue to treat all, all people with dignity and also to find that value myself. So for the, our fans... And the fellow roommates who want to reach out to you, yeah. who want to send you a message to thank you for coming on the show. Where can they reach out to you? Yeah, at? I'm on easiest way probably Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm at J Martin TV, J M A R T I N TV. Um, you know, and I'm a person I respond to messages. I'm not one of those people to be like, oh, just hit me up. But I, I look forward to kind of continuing the dialogue and, and learning from other people because it's it's a process for all of us. I love it. I love it. So like I said, guys, remember how we get down at the Roommates Podcast. Show, show Jonathan love, reach out to him, continue to bless him and continue to let him know really how much he helped you in your journey to life because all these people come on the show. It's such an amazing blessing to me and I want to make sure they're an amazing blessing to you. So 
As I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's your boy Hafiz. And this is Jonathan Martin. And we are the roommates, guys. Make sure you share, 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 share. Guys, make sure you comment, let people know, let your friends know. Send them this podcast. We got to continue to spread the message, spread the movement. We want to encourage, uplift, change lives. And you guys are our messengers who are going to go out and do these things. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jonathan. We're the roommates. Look forward to seeing you guys next. We can hear your messages. And we're out.